Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to episode 129. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week, we put together this podcast so you could possibly find an answer for a question that you wouldn't necessarily hear in Sunday school, a morning service, or even in one of our Bible studies. But we try to answer those questions here on the podcast so that you're informed about your spiritual life, your walk with Jesus, and what the Bible says about your life in Christ. So this week, we're going to deal with a question that has implications for how we live our lives in this world. Maybe you've heard this statement that believers are in the world, but not of it. But you've often wondered, what does that mean? In fact, that's what our question is. What does it mean that Christians are not of this world? What does it mean that Christians are not of this world? There could be a lot of unusual thoughts that you might have running through your mind, or maybe you've heard some things yourself. I know there are some groups that talk about separation and talking about living in isolation. What does that mean? So that's what we're going to look at today in our podcast. Now, we're going to do it in several ways. First of all, I want to reflect upon the scripture from which that phrase comes from. It comes from Jesus' high priestly prayer in the garden before he was taken by the authorities and then ultimately going to the cross. We see that in John chapter 17. But we're also going to look at what is the meaning of the world And then we're going to look at what does it mean to be in, but not of. So that's how we're going to approach this question today in our podcast. So let's talk about where that phrase comes from, that we're not of this world. And it comes from Jesus' high priestly prayer. I would actually recommend that you read the whole prayer. It has a lot of wonderful truths about you and I in it that Jesus prayed for us, his intercessory prayer for all believers, not just his disciples, but for all believers. And we're going to focus on verses 14 and 15, because that's where this phrase comes from. Listen to what Jesus prayed. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So it's that phrase that we see in verse 14, that they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So That's where we get that phrase from, and that's where most people would say that we're in the world but not of it. So let's look at this topic and understand really an answer to our question and its implications for you and I. But in order to do that, we really need to understand the meaning of the term this world. 
this world. So I've got three things I want to point out to you here. First of all, the word world refers to the earth and the people who live on it. The Greek word is cosmos that's used here. It refers to the literal planet Earth and its inhabitants. Second thing I want you to notice is, is that when it comes to what the scripture refers to when it uses the term world, in a general sense, the world refers to the world system or culture. It's the world system or culture. It's the value system. It's the way things are done. It's the current thinking of the philosophies of this world. That's what it's talking about. In a general sense, it's talking about the way people live their lives. And we know from reality, especially if you've been around for a long time now, stomping around on this earth, you know that the world system is constantly changing constantly changing. But there's something else that you need to understand that the scriptures very clearly point out about the world and the meaning of this world. And that is, the world is ruled by Satan. The world is ruled by Satan. So let me give you some scriptures to point out what we're talking about here. Now, the word world comes from John 17 that we see there. But if we go back to John chapter 12, verse 31, listen to what Jesus said. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out, referring to Satan. John 16, verse 11. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Who's the wicked one, folks? Satan. Listen now, a little bit different variation from the word world. He uses the term age, but listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Who's he talking about, the God of this age? Again, the God of this world, Satan. So what we're talking about is a world system. When we talk about world, as far as the scripture, in a general sense, the world system, the world culture, which is constantly changing, but it is ruled by Satan. So now do you understand Jesus is saying you and I are not of this world? Okay, we're not of this world. Now, but what exactly does he mean to be in the world but not of it? In the world but not of it. Okay? First thing I want you to notice is this. What it doesn't mean. It does not mean isolating yourself from unbelievers. It does not mean isolating yourself from unbelievers. That tends to be the tendency among Christians is because we want to be in the world but not of it. So we separate ourselves from people, unbelievers, and we isolate ourselves in our own little cloistered communities. So then we have our own separate stuff. And you see that in our culture today. We have our own music. We have our own magazines. We have our own books. We have our own lingo. We have our own way of looking at things. 
we basically have isolated ourselves from other people. In fact, if you talk to a typical Christian, most of them don't even have unsaved friends anymore. It's typically they just kind of connect with other Christians. But that's not what we're talking about here. When we talk about not being of the world, but in it, we're really talking about not isolating yourself, not getting a bunker and filling it up with water and, and, and separating yourselves from whatever is out there. We're not talking about that. In fact, that's the point that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 through 11. Here he's talking about the issue of sin, but listen to what he writes. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly do not mean with sexually immoral people of this world, or with the covetous, or with extortioners, or with idolaters, since you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. All right, so here he said, I gave you some instructions to get away from sexually immoral people. Well, the Corinthians must have been doing that. They must have been separating themselves from other people. But Paul writes and says this time, look, I, I told you to do that, but I didn't mean the people of the world. Because if you were going to separate yourself from those people, you'd have to leave the world. What he says is, is that I'm talking about those who call themselves a brother, who call themselves a believer, and they're engaged in that behavior. Don't even eat with them. Separate yourself from them. So he's not talking about you and I when, we, when we're in the world but not of it. He's not talking about isolating yourself from unbelievers. And we know that's true. Why? Because we're told to take the message of the gospel to who? Unbelievers. Here's the second thing I want you to see. It means not conforming or living according to the standards of this world. When we talk about being in the world but not of it, it means not conforming or living to the standards of this world. Listen to what Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right, so here he is. He's telling you don't be conformed. That is, don't live according to the world, the world system, the world culture. Don't do that. But you need to be transformed. So that is, here's the third thing. It means living a transformed life that is different from this world. Now, that's what's going to be hard for us. It means living a transformed life that is different. And here's the problem. We don't like being different. It's easier for us to just kind of mold in with what everybody else is doing and be kind of a secret agent Christian, but that's not what we're called to be. We're, we're told not to conform and blend in. We're actually told to be transformed from the inside out 
to be different. That's what it means to be in the world, that is, live in this world system, but not of it. Now, how do we do that? Well, that brings me to my fourth and final point I want you to see here about being in the world, but not of it. And again, it comes from Jesus's prayer. I want us to focus on verse 15 of chapter 17 in John. If you notice what Jesus is saying there, he says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Now, here's my final point I want you to see. It requires that God protect us from temptation and Satan. Isn't that what temptation is? Temptation is trying to get us to sin, that is to conform to whatever the world wants us to do, which ultimately results in sin, and also to protect us from our enemy, the accuser of the brethren, the murderer, the liar, Satan. So it requires that God protect us from temptation and Satan. And I think it's interesting when you look at the Lord's Prayer, Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Here's a part of the Lord's Prayer that I think is very interesting. The latter part, it says, And do not lead us into temptation, Jesus said, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Did you notice what Jesus is telling us to pray? He's telling us to do two things. Number one, God keep me from temptation. And number two, protect me from the evil one. Deliver me from the evil one. And see, and, and for you and I to be in the world and not of it, that's really what Jesus was praying for us in John chapter 17, verse 15, that we should be kept from the evil one. We're basically praying in agreement with that. So that's what it means to be in the world, we live in this world, the earth, with all of its inhabitants, with the world system, but you and I are different. We're in this world, but we're not of it. Why? What do we mean we're not of it? We're new. We have been transformed by the Spirit of God after we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. We're in the world, but not of it, and we need God to protect us from this world and to live the lives that he's called us to live before unbelievers. That's what it means to be in the world and not of it. Finding Clarity Podcast is really just an opportunity to help the folks at the Kerwinsville Christian Church to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And we want to answer questions because as you're going about living your life for Christ, you have questions that rise up in your mind and in your heart. You also have questions that you're confronted with from others who maybe question your spirituality or question your relationship with Christ or who are skeptical. And, and oftentimes you don't necessarily have the answer to, to answer those questions. And so we try to answer those questions here as a help to you if you're a part of the Kerwinsville Christian Church family. Now, you might be saying, well, George, I have a question. How do I get it to you? Well, there are several ways that you can get your question to us. And what we're going to ask you to do is, is number one, because of our lockdown situation here in Pennsylvania, you can call the church, 814 236 
888-888-1622. Just leave a message and say, hey, George, I got a question. Or you could contact us through our church website, KerwinsvilleChristian.org, and basically go to the contact page there. You'll see a form to fill out, submit your question there. Or you can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Finding Clarity Podcast. We would encourage you to like the page, and that way you can keep up with what's happening with the Finding Clarity Podcast. But also you can direct message us there or write on our wall, and we'll see your question. Next week, we're going to look at another question that has to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ. And actually, again, it comes out of the Gospel of John, out of John chapter 15, and it's a term that we use in Christianity, but a lot of people don't know what it means. In fact, it's a song that's even sung at British soccer games. What? What are you talking about, George? Well, abide in me, abide in Christ. So what does it mean to abide in Christ? Abide in Christ. That's what we're going to look at next week. Until then, take care.